Hello, my name is Saravia Balasa, and you're listening to Girl Code. Hello, everyone. I hope you all are doing well and are just as excited as I am for our guest on today's episode. So today we have Matanya, a UX engineer at YouTube and an influencer on TikTok. So I really couldn't wait to have her on the podcast because she's a black woman who is breaking barriers in the tech industry and she's just really bringing her most authentic and creative self to her everyday work and her passions outside of her career at YouTube. So as you'll hear, she's a multi-talented woman and that just gave me so much inspiration that loving tech doesn't mean that you're just doing back end or you're just doing front end, but it can be what you really make of it. So if you're interested, her TikTok is at Matanya, M-U-H-T-A-N-Y-A, for those of you interested. And with that, let's get on into the episode. So my first question is, how did you get introduced to the world of tech? Where does that journey begin for you? So I, growing up, I always really loved math and science and just the process of like, puzzle solving in a sense. Um, when I say like math, I specifically really loved algebra in the sense where it's like you're given a problem, you're sort of, you have to break it down step by step to see the solution that you're supposed to come up with. And so, um, yeah, I always had an inclination towards math and science. And so when I, my first introduction to the world of tech was actually in college. So I entered into college, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, the college that I went to didn't really have the most expansive computer science department or just general engineering department like there was a systems engineering major and there was computer science and that was basically it so i started as systems engineering which is um it's if you don't know uh, systems engineering is a pretty interdisciplinary field where you're focusing on how to design integrate and like manage like different engineering systems so it's kind of a, a product manager role in a sense like speaking in tech terms um so yeah, I started off as a systems engineering major and I quickly realized that that was not for me when I nearly failed my first physics course. Um, so I started just thinking and researching different ways that I could get involved is still be in STEM, um, which led me to my first computer science course. And I, so I took my first CS course, my first semester, my second semester of um, freshman year. And I just really loved that process of breaking down problems. And I, I noticed a lot of sort of relations to algebra where it's like you're given a set of problems and you have to break it up um, in different ways to see how you can solve it. And so I really loved that whole route. Um, so I ended up just making the jump and majoring in computer science from there. I definitely know a lot of people who don't necessarily come in to college knowing that they're going to major in computer science, but they've had a similar experience. They take a class and they're like, you know what, where has this been my whole life? I'm going to do this now. So I'm glad that you were able to find that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty natural discovery because there wasn't that many options offered at my school, but um, I I was happy that ended up where it was because obviously brought me to where I am today and I really enjoy the field. So yeah. Uh, I know you've also mentioned in the past that you had an unusual schooling path compared to most people. So can you elaborate a little bit on that for us? Okay. Yeah. So I was homeschooled um, for the first half of my sort of schooling career. I was seventh grade was my first year going to public school. And so um, just the essence of homeschooling, you're, you're sitting there at a desk and you're given a book or a curriculum and you just sort of have to really 
push yourself through it. Of course, I had my mom there to like sort of guide me through the process of like the curriculum. But a lot of it was sort of sitting down and trying to teach myself most of these things. So I think that really led way to like the world of software engineering. It's a lot of just sitting down and reading documentation and teaching yourself, especially with the emergence of new technology. So I think that sort of um, system of me teaching myself really helped further me in my career. Um, but yeah, so I was homeschooled for the first half. I went to public school um, up until um, I went to two different high schools. So I went to public school for junior high and half of high school. And then I switched to a charter school for the second half of high school. And then I went to a private university. So I kind of jumped around to lots of different like categories of schools. Um, so I think that just seeing the transition between different education systems and sort of still having that base of teaching myself things really helped me um, in whatever schooling path I, I wanted to go into. So like I was, like I said, since I was homeschooled, my mom really, my parents really wanted to push me to be in as many activities as I could and as many extracurriculars just to really socialize me as a kid. And so um, I, I was always pushed into like, uh, or encouraged to, to step into different fields, whether it be like music or sports or art. So I think that really pushed me to the, the sort of interdisciplinary self that I am today, interdisciplinary creative that I am today. Having parents who definitely supported that instinct in you, I think is something that's really awesome. And I feel like a lot of people could benefit from that. So it's really nice that that was something you're able to have for sure. What kinds of activities were you involved in like growing up? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I was doing it all. My parents sent me in everything just to kind of see what stuck. So I did a lot of sports. I did soccer as a kid, softball, um, gymnastics. And then I also sort of did more creative things. Like um, I was mostly involved in musical theater as a kid. So I really enjoyed uh, music. I didn't really like the theater part too much. I think I was always shy giving off my lines. But I really enjoyed singing and choir and just being in musical spaces. Um, so which led me to eventually picking up piano and guitar. Um, I actually, my mom encouraged us to play piano growing up, like most kids are sort of encouraged to do piano lessons, but, but we didn't have like a formalized piano teacher. It was sort of like giving us a book and like a, a tape record that went with it that like kind of played the music of like what the chords and like what the music, what the song should sound like. Um, and it was sort of just like, she handed that to us and was like, here, just like follow this curriculum. And so I, I taught myself piano growing up um, through that. Um, and that really just opened the door to so many different like other musical things that I'm into. Like I really love music. I really love like curating playlists and just like playing music myself. Like I still play um, guitar now. Um, I picked up bass throughout the pandemic, which has been a fun hobby. Um, but yeah, I, I've always really loved music and I, I'm hopefully in the future, I'll find ways to, to find more ways to integrate my coding and creative science, creative engineering into music. Um, so hopefully that's the route I take, but yeah. That's awesome. There's a lot of people I know who are really good at music and really good at coding. And that just seems to be an, a really strong pairing for some reason. I've read a little bit about it, but it's so interesting how a lot of people are into both of those things. Yeah, I've actually noticed that a lot sort of in college. Like I, a lot of the friends that I had or a couple of friends that I had that were in the computer science department with me were also musicians. And so I think there are a lot of sort of parallels between music and computer science. Because when you think about like coding and computer science, like writing programs, you're, you're coming at it from a very modular perspective where you're like breaking things up in functions and each thing has its own purpose. And it's pretty similar in music. Like 
You're breaking things up in functions, like the verse, the chorus, just the structure of the song and all the smaller elements that go into it. Um, and it's all just inputs, outputs. In computer science, it's like inputs of data, output, more data, you could say. Um, with music, it's sort of notes and just different filters and it's all the different audio engineering that goes into it. Like there's, there's many parallels with computer science. So it's an exciting field to sort of like try to merge the two. And music technology has always been something of interest to me. Um, when I first entered into college, I actually really wanted to study music. I was, thought I was gonna be like a music major, but I was intimidated by the music program. It was a very intense, uh, music theory is difficult. Um, so I ended up going the computer science route. So hopefully I'll find my natural way to like try and combine music technology in my independent work now. Especially with music engineering and all of the electronic music that people can create these days, I feel like it's a lot more accessible to combine those two interests for sure. I took this music class on electronic music and we had to learn some of the tools and that was something they talked about a lot. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's an incredible world just to see like, especially like you said, like electronic music. That's something I've really been getting into this past couple of years as well. And so just like kind of analyzing the structure of music and learning about the software that like actually build it um you just have a greater appreciation for music so it's it's cool <laughs> yes so i am a user experience engineer at youtube i'm specifically on the youtube art department um, we call each we call user experience engineers UXCs for short. So if I say that acronym, that's what it means. Um, but UXCs essentially bridge the gap between design and engineering. Because um, typically in the real like product tech world, designers may not fully understand the technical feasibility of a design that they make, whereas engineers may not fully understand the intricacies of design language and like they might they might not be as prone to detail as the designer is when they're like pushing pixels. Um, so essentially the, the role of a UX engineer is to bridge that gap and communicate to both sides and facilitate more productive conversations. So I work with a lot of different job roles in UX product and marketing to essentially define and deliver new features and tools for youth. Um, so my job is essentially the job of bringing things to life. So I translate ideas into usable prototypes um, and I make design concepts real enough that users can play with it and get a sense of what the final product would feel and look like before actually dedicating hours of uh, expensive, dedicated engineering resources to build it out for real. Um, so the art department specifically, the team I'm, that I'm on, we are an identity design and branding team that collaborates with UX and marketing to express YouTube's brand across all our products and services. So we essentially teach people how to create things that look and feel like YouTube. So this can look like designing icons to typography, illustration, and color and animation. Um, we're a very multidisciplinary team with like UI, graphic designers, illustrators, animators, and engineers. So it's a pretty exciting role to be in and be able to take so much knowledge from these different job roles and try to uh, incorporate it into my, my software engineering work. I remember when I was first looking at software engineering roles like a while back, I never really realized that this was a space that existed for people. I think there's a really common misconception or stereotype that software engineering is always one way. And if you're interested in perhaps the arts or something else, there's not really room for that. But what you've just described shows that there's a lot of room if you want to be in the middle 
of two different types of roles and you want to really bridge that gap. So it's really exciting to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, I also didn't know about the role of UX engineering until I, I came to Google, honestly. Um, I, I, I studied computer science in school, but I also studied graphic design. I minored in graphic design, but those worlds lived very separate for me when I was in college. Like I had software engineering internships. I had like graphic design internships, but they were still separate worlds. And so when I stepped into the the real life world of working a real job um, uh, at Google, I, I didn't, I found myself always interested in the design process and like, a designer would hand something off to me and I would be more curious about like why they came to that decision and like more of the reasonings behind like how people would interact with it. And so I found myself wanting to sort of be a part of that process, which led me to looking into different like UX roles and I found the UX engineering role. And so it really felt like a natural, natural transition, especially with my design background. So yeah, it, it's, it's a pretty niche role. Not many people know about it, but it, it's pretty valuable. And I think it's starting to get a little bit more um, traction in the world. <laughs> Hopping off of that, there's been a lot of talk these days about making that kind of role as an option more apparent in the college curriculum, like actually giving students a place where they can realize that design and computer science can be combined to this bigger thing. So I'm glad that at least you're able to find out about it now at some point. So that's really awesome. Going off of that, there's a lot of pressure for people in the tech world to look and act a certain way. If we're talking Silicon Valley stereotypes being a white cis male, uh, have you ever experienced this kind of pressure? And if so, what do you do to show up as your most authentic self or just as you? Yeah, so I've definitely experienced this, not only in college, but just in my day-to-day job right now. Um, I always felt the pressure of having to prove myself and having to like mold myself to fit the the picture of a stereotypical engineer, which is like what you described. Um, like specifically in college, I, I found myself, I found that manifesting in the way that I dress and the way I interact with people. Um, I personally really like fashion. I like experimenting with fashion, but when I was going to my computer science classes, I first felt like I had to dress myself down or like package myself up to be less different. Um, cause essentially who I am, I'm a black woman. I, I stand out in most of my classes or in most of my engineering roles. Now I'm typically the only black woman in a, in a room of engineers. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to, to lessen myself. Um, and that also translated to like the types of roles or jobs that I was sort of trying to get into. I wanted to prove that I could do more backend roles or database roles. There typically like, there's like this, this really, um, misconceived a stereotype of that like front end is easy or like web development is easy and there's like a greater percentage of women in these roles because they're quote unquote easier but that's not really the case um so I felt like I really had to mold the way that I came off the my external and also just what I want like my career to be that typical um path of an engineer and I felt like I also had to bring my resume to every conversation that I was in I had to prove myself that I had like xx XYZ internships um, before I had a statement that I wanted to make in a meeting. Um, and that was very exhausting. Um, and I ended up just getting so tired of, of changing who I was in these spaces. Um, you should have to pretend to be someone else in order to be successful in your field. And so once I really understood who I was 
and what interests and passions I had, I really understood the value that I brought to the table. So I was able to bring all parts of my identity into the room. Um, my interests, passions, capabilities, my fashion, the way that I look. And all of that in and of itself brought my own unique perspective and really added value to the ultimate goal that of like trying to build things for people. Like I really provided a unique perspective that most people can't bring because they're not me. The part that you said about people feeling that they need to prove themselves uh, to do certain roles, even if that's not the ones they're interested in, I think is not talked about enough. I think this is possibly the first time I've actually heard that, but I've definitely felt that as well. So it's really nice to hear someone else feeling that way. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that, like, I think it also just goes to not only just in the tech industry, but it can be like applied to basically any industry. Like I feel like a lot of artists are forced into roles because they feel like they have to get a a quote unquote more sustainable job or just kind of mold themselves to be something that they're not. Um, So yeah, it's, there's definitely is a huge pressure to to feel like you have to do what everyone else is doing when in reality, it's it's a lot more sustainable for you to just continue with what you're interested in. Yeah, a lot less tiring, honestly. You also talked about how you bring a different or a fresh perspective with all of the interests that you have and your entire self. So what? how would you describe that perspective? What kind of perspective do you bring to the table, perhaps at your work or something else that you do like in your free time related to coding? Yeah, absolutely. So having a computer science background, I think I, I do have the ability to build out the things that I, I want to build out. Um, so like I have the ability to code. I also just having that art and design background, I think I approach things from a much more creative perspective. Um, you approach things different when you're a designer or an artist versus when you're an engineer. I think with an engineer, you really want to uh, package things up in nice little packages and make sure that everything flows correctly into each other. When you're coming from an artist perspective, it's a little bit less guideline-based. Um, you're, you're allowing yourself to be a bit more free form in the way that you're thinking. Um, and more just towards identity-based, like just me being a Black woman, like I, I have a different world experience than the someone who may be sitting next to me. And so by bringing my perspective that I have from living my life as a feminine Black woman, I think I can provide insight to the different products, um, product spaces to, to give insight to different users and how different people might approach using a product. Um, so yeah, it, it really ranges across from like my identity and my interests as well. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like people don't really understand as much why having different voices at the table can actually be of so much value, whether that be in your identity or your interests. So I think that was a really good explanation of that. We already talked about how you are interested in music and that's one of your hobbies. So on your TikTok and your Instagram, it's really evident that you're passionate about being interdisciplinary as we've talked about, you have a lot of interests. So besides music, I guess, what hobbies do you have right now? And how did you get interested in them? Yeah, so I I have a a quite large range of hobbies, but I think the majority of the things I like doing are centered in art. Um, So like I said, Nick, um, I'm really into visual art. So film photography, painting and sketching, although I'm not the best 
drawer. I wish I was good at drawing. That was like the one thing I wish I could improve in. Um, but I, I don't think I have the, the patience to take it up. But yeah, film photography, um, painting, drawing. Um, I've really always loved DIYs as a kid, um, the just being able to make things with my hands. And so during the pandemic, I really wanted to to find new ways to get off of the screen. Like, of course, our entire lives were on screen and still are on a screen. And so I really wanted to, to find different ways to, to move my hands and build things with my hands, which led me now into sort of hardware engineering and trying to get into like electrical um, work. So just basically being to build like more like nifty electronics um, that can like do what I want them to do or um, even less towards the tech space. But like I recently got into like rug making just because I wanted something soft to make. I, I wanted to, to create an environment like in my physical, create a physical space that felt um, like me. Um, so yeah, just a, a large variety of things. Um, I think a lot of it just stemmed from me wanting to get off of the screen though. <laughs> Over the last couple of years, it's been so easy to be on your screen all the time. In fact, that's pretty much what all of us are doing most of the time. It's a miracle that everyone's eyes aren't completely destroyed at this point, in my opinion. So it's really awesome that you were able to pick up different interests. Rug making sounds so cool. And I've always seen a bunch of TikToks about people doing it and they have the cute little like cloud rugs and stuff. And oh my God, they're just so adorable. I love them. I was actually inspired by TikTok to make up to pick up uh, rug making in the pandemic as well. Um, it's it's great. I I say it, it keeps me off the screen, but I would honestly do it while I was watching TV. So I guess really not. But I think um, yeah, it's it's a really meditative practice of just like designing something out and then just slowly going like line by line and just like building something physical with your hands. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah, I've heard people talk a lot about how different activities can be put into boxes like passive or active thinking. And I feel like that's one of those things, like you're actively really working on something, working a different part of your brain. So that's really awesome. But speaking of projects, what would you say is your favorite project that you've done in the last few years? Or you can list a couple if you want. Yeah, so I think one of my favorite projects that I've done recently was probably the painting that I turned into a musical instrument. Um, I made a TikTok kind of that went over the process, but this was one of, like I said before, I really wanted to focus on moving off screen and creating things that people can like interact with, with their hands. Um, and so I think this was the full embodiment of that, that, that project was an embodiment of like what I wanted to do with that. And so it really dived into physical creations and it combined a lot of my different interests that I have. So it combined visual art with the painting element and we combined music, of course, because I had to um, connect it to an audio source. And it also combined engineering where I had to like connect the physical um, interface to the code that I wrote that like made the sound. So it was really being involved in every single part of the process and kind of jumping from different mediums was really exciting for me. Um, and I think I, I'm kind of doing a bunch of different little iterations on a sort of paintings that will interact with different spaces. And so um, I think it really, that was the first project though that combined all those different worlds. So I think it's, it, it inspired me to kind of dive more into to combining different mediums, I would say. Yeah, I remember I was looking at some of the work you've done, speaking of combining different mediums and I forget exactly what it was, but there was this art installation with lights. Was it Golden Gate Park or something like that? 
That one was really cool. If you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, of course. I kind of forgot I did that, but um, yeah. So I was, um, I got involved with that project um, because I found a workshop online actually um, through this organization called Codeme. Um, They provide different like online workshops for just different tech art and texts, I would say. Um, and so I actually saw that installation in real life and I was just doing some research on like how to get involved and, or just like different ways to combine art and tech. And I found that organization. And so I, the workshop was essentially teaching us how to program the LEDs and how the LEDs interacted with each other. Um, and this was the first time I was really sort of stepping back from um, coding with like digital products in mind. And I was coding with an environment, a physical environment in mind. So I think it was a really interesting challenge because um, you're, you're having to think of things from like kind of an architecture perspective where it's like, as I'm walking through the space, like how will my line of sight interact with like the other trees? Um, and so that was a pretty exciting project to get involved. And in. I think really pushed me to want to do my own projects. Um, so once I took the workshop, I was able to actually like test my code on the art. And I like got more, I started talking more to the people who were like building and volunteering with that artist. Um, Charles Gatkin is his name. Um, and so I, I was able to, to go to his studio and kind of, kind of see how, what of the, like, it was a huge operation. It, it requires a lot of people. And so I just think seeing all these different, like, skill, all these different, like, artisans building this project together, there was, like, woodworkers, there were um, electricians, there were coders, there were, um, I don't forget the name, but, like, people who weld metal. Um, so I think I was just really inspired seeing all these different people interact and build something so beautiful. Um, so that was, that was a great experience. Yeah. When you put it in terms of it being almost like an architecture job, I think that's really interesting. I feel like in a lot of times computer science or coding is just looked in the sense of your phone, your website, but thinking of it as more than that in the physical environment, super awesome. So it's really cool that you were able to get involved in something like that. Yeah. And there's, I think that is a, a very common misconception about computer science that it's just building websites or it's just building digital apps, but there's just a vast um, amount of things that you can do with computer science. Um, there's like generative architecture, there's generative design, um, there's, uh, building things that people interact with in real life, like with their hands. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot that, that can, be, can be applied to. And I think architecture is a field that I'm starting to get interested into. We'll see if I end up trying to study more about it. But yeah, just building physical um, places for people to interact and come together. And- definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so obviously you've done a bunch of different projects. Where would you say you get your inspiration from when starting something new or working on anything you've worked on before? Yeah, so I would say I get my inspiration from online mostly. Um, I'm a very avid YouTube user. Um, so I love watching different YouTube videos. And now recently TikTok has been pretty, the algorithm knows me pretty well and has been referring me to a lot of different creators that I think are very inspiring. So I think I find a lot of my inspiration from watching other people create things and share their process online. Um, I'm able to learn of like what sort of systems and components and libraries are available and think about how I can bring my own twist to it and what I can make with similar resources, but still make a very project that's unique to me. Yeah, definitely. I think the 
evolution of TikTok has really changed the game in terms of finding inspiration and learning new things, whether that be from food or art or even coding. You've learned so many things that you probably wouldn't have had access to before. So again, how I found you. So that's really awesome. So how do you stay up to date with the latest trends and technology in the creative space? And what are some of those new trends or maybe libraries that interest you? Yeah, so I would say I don't have a, a strong formal system of like staying up to date with the latest trends in tech and technologies. Um, it's just a lot of independent research or which is just a fancy way to say like Googling. <laughs> um, if I find something that is remotely interesting to me, um, like a project of someone making maybe like a kinetic sculpture online, um, then I'll I'll research more about that, go into like sort of these like rabbit holes into like these different research um, or this, these different topics. Um, so yeah, I would say just finding creators, I think who are actively creating and posting their work and finding inspiration from them. And then from there sort of doing a deep dive on like how they did it and like different adjacent technologies. Um, I'm really interested in open source technologies as well. And so I think I find a lot of inspiration from that of like, actually diving into the code of how libraries are made and like pulling things from other people just to like combine it into like my own unique perspective, my own unique projects. Yeah. Open source libraries are something I wish I knew about a long time ago, but it's so awesome that people are doing such amazing things and willing to put it out there for people to build off of and use. And I think it's just so great. Yeah, I, I definitely wish I had more time to, to contribute to open source projects. Um, so I have a lot of respect for those who are actually like really involved in the community and who are actively answering questions on forums because they're the, they're the backbone of computer science, I would say. <laughs> oh man, the people who answer, answer questions on those forums and the people on Stack Overflow really have my heart and I would die for them. So I totally feel that. What advice would you give people who are looking to be more interdisciplinary in their careers? Because obviously, as we've just talked, there's a huge benefit uh, from doing that. So what advice would you give them? I would say just to really stay curious and don't be afraid to fail. Um, don't let the fear of failure stop, for me, stop you from actually creating, um, just because you learn so much from your failures as it is. So I've picked up many things that I found that I may be not as good at, and I've understand and take that in stride, but still learn from the, I still find lessons in the things that I fail in. Um, and also just don't feel like you have to have everything planned out. Um, I, the way that I came across sort of the work that I do now and like in my, not only in my nine to five, just in my personal practice, is just me picking up things that were remotely interesting to me. And then later looking back and finding patterns. Um, so I would say, yeah, all that to say, stay curious, um, keep creating, and don't be afraid to fail. And then once you have a library of work, of your own work, great to kind of look back and see different patterns and different ways that you connect, you can connect things. I think that's really great advice. People are definitely really afraid of failing. And especially in the creative space, it's so easy to do something and then be like, it sucks. Like, I'm not going to do any better than that. Uh, so I think that's definitely good advice. Yeah. And I would say just the process of iteration too. Like there, like you said, like artists will make something and then be upset with it and just never return to it again. But I think there's so much value in like creating something and then stepping away and then coming back to it later when you have a clearer mind and 
just build on top of what you built before. And that's how you come up with these really incredible, unique projects that really feel like yourself because you've given yourself enough time to live in between it and then build on top of it. Literally giving yourself two days to think over something is just such a game changer. There have been so many times where I've talked to people and things just don't make sense. Nothing looks good. And they come back the next day and they're like, why was I worried? It's beautiful. I just need to do this. It's over. So I think that's definitely a really good point. Um, You were also talking about how when you're looking at someone's work, it inspires you to do something else, for example. And you have so many different interests in coding that touches a lot of different like aspects of your life. So how do you avoid burnout when you have so many interests that are somehow tying back to coding, which is like also your nine to five job? Yeah, so that is a great question. I'm still trying to find that balance right now. Um, I think as of right now, I'm trying to, to really regulate sort of the time um, that I spend in it. Just like you said, like, I'm excited and passionate about my, my career, but my, my hobbies are also related to my career. Um, and so I think it's really knowing when to step back and just to literally close the computer and step outside. <laughs> um, I, it's easy just to sort of get excited and want to keep building things. Um, I don't really have the best advice for this though, because I, I do struggle with burnout very frequently. <laughs> oh, I can say the same. I think it's really easy to think you might have an answer, but if we're being realistic, I feel like most people don't, but it's good to acknowledge that in a way. So I think that's definitely true. Um, Jumping back to the talk about social media, obviously you're on TikTok and Instagram, but we haven't really talked about why you got on those platforms in the first place. So what motivated you to start putting out content on social media and what kind of content is it? How would you describe it? Yeah, so I would say my main motivation to sort of joining these platforms was um, the pandemic. <laughs> the early days of quarantine really pushed me to try to keep myself entertained like everyone else on the planet. Um, so I actually downloaded TikTok in 2020 and, and was really like just trying to pick up different hobbies and skills just to keep myself busy. Um, I started posting pretty casual videos to keep myself creating. I think um, making content or like posting my process online really inspired me to actually finish my projects because I'm, I'm pretty bad at starting something and then letting it sit in the corner of my room for for months or maybe a year and never returning to it and so I think honestly just the essence of like posting my work really inspired me to finish my work um yeah and I would say um uh, I was really also motivated by the lack of uh, art design engineering content out there I really wanted to show that code isn't just for that Silicon Valley stereotypical type um, I want to be able to, to show people that you can take tech that was likely made for very capitalistic reasons and create something for the pure sake of just art and aesthetics and expression. Um, and I would really define my content as new media art, um, which refers to all forms of like contemporary art that's made using new technology. So like digital art, interactive art, uh, VR, gaming, all of these are sort of encapsulated by new media art. Um, and I think I'm really inspired by this because it really comes at perspective of looking art as a living organism that really transforms based on its inputs and environments, which I think is sort of shown between like the the interactive art or the installation art that I do in my free time. Um, It it really shows how art can be different in every new interaction. And it can uh, really show how, I think it, it reflects how 
we as individuals all interpret art differently, but we're now just letting computers contribute to that different interpretation. Um, so it makes um, the work a lot more versatile and expressive and personalized. That's definitely a really great point about how putting your work out there forces you to complete it because I think a lot of artists struggle with the common thing of I'm going to start something and then I'm going to leave it because I got really excited and I'm going to do something else and following through is really difficult. So I'm, it's really awesome to see that that has helped you uh, in that space. And I would say it's not even just putting out work that's finished. I, I found that um, I, I really find the most insight from creators who are sharing their process and sharing their failures as well. Um, so I've, I think I've posted a couple videos of like me, how I entered into a project and how it didn't end up how I wanted, but that ended up with me shifting. Um, so I think I'm, I'm starting to get better about posting more process-based things as opposed to just the polished final result, because I think that that can not only spark inspiration for me later on, but can spark inspiration for someone else. Like I took inspiration from other creators who are posting their failures and posting their process. Yeah, the process is definitely something I find people look for a lot. As a viewer myself, when I'm watching perhaps like a recipe video or something, I love seeing the bits and pieces that went into it. And then you can take that technique and maybe drop that in something else. So it's really awesome that you have that insight uh, into what the viewers users of the application might be looking for. I don't really know how to describe people, I guess. Hopefully not bots. I don't know. Um, so what impact do you believe your content has had on your community? And is it the one that you've en you envisioned having? Yeah, so I honestly didn't envision my content to have any impact when I first started. I thought it was going to be a fun way for me to document my growth. Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty exciting to see that it has had an impact. Um, I think I've, I've definitely shown lots of people who aren't, who weren't that knowledgeable about the tech industry, who weren't that knowledgeable about computer science and how computers work, that there's nearly infinite applications of tech, um, specifically coding as well. Um, I've gotten countless DMs of people who are, who reached out and they're like, oh, like I saw your videos and I was so inspired and now I want to learn how to code so I can make my own projects. And I think that's been so inspiring and heart, like heartwarming to read that like my work and my, my active like putting myself out there has been inspiring for other people to start their own journey in this. Um, and I'm just honestly honored to be able to contribute to the online community that really, the online community of making that really inspired me to start making in the first place. Um, I think the online maker community is still predominantly very male and white. And so I think the very active me being in this space as a black woman is really showing people that they can bring their own unique perspectives to things that they didn't think they, there was uh, a world Honestly, yeah. I would say as a viewer myself, that is exactly what I pictured your answer being. And I think it's very accurate uh, because there aren't that many people who look like you and do the things you do in the space. And I think it's really important for people to see that. So yay, very awesome. So wrapping up, just a couple of last questions about the future. So Obviously, you're doing a lot right now. There's a lot going on. But where do you see your work going over the next few years? Not necessarily YouTube or not necessarily just what you're doing right now, but generally. Yeah. So I would say I really do want to focus less on like the product tech space, but be more driven by my artistic pursuit of things. Um, so whether that's wanting to find new ways to combine all my different roles with like 
visual art, music, and fashion, and all these different industries that I really do have a passion in and like research on my own time, I want to be able to bring my my engineering and technological experience to these worlds, just to really like expand and create a fresh new playground for ideas. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I do really uh, like, I enjoy working in the product space right now, but I think I'm more inspired by like how I can create experience, real life experiences for people to interact and express themselves with. Especially looking at what you've done so far, it's just a little glimpse into what that could look like based on all of the projects that I've seen so far. So it's really exciting to see that that could just become something so much bigger. And lastly, what advice would you have given yourself when you were just starting out your tech journey? This is the question I ask at the very end for everyone. And I love hearing the answers to this one. I would say to stay curious and really invest in community. Um, staying curious specifically, don't be afraid to, to kind of forge your own path and really see what you're naturally drawn to and find to further that. Um, I think, like I, I mentioned before, like I, I felt like I had to follow this stereotypical path of a software engineer, but I really found myself enjoying and being more passionate about the field I was in once I started following, um, once I started pursuing artistic and design focused things. Um, your, I would say that, that your uniqueness is a superpower and not a flaw um, in that space. Um, and speaking towards uh, investing in community, I would say I was a little bit, uh, er not arrogant, but I was a bit ignorant in thinking that I could be hyper independent and not having to rely on anybody. And I think being independent is really important, but being hyper independent is very much a flaw. Um, you really grow by building things with others and getting perspective from different people. And so I would really, I, if I could give myself advice, I would say to really invest in relationship, whether that be finding a mentor and really taking value from that. I, I think I had a mentor in college, but I never really like, asked real questions. It was mostly just like, how do I get a job? Or just like these sort of like surface level things and not like, how can I better myself as a person so I'm better enabled to, to step into a role or step into a job later on? Um, yeah, so investing in relationships and just building things with friends because if you build things with people who have different perspectives than you, then your product is, or your product or project or whatever you're building is gonna be a lot better than just you sort of building in a little vacuum in your own world. Obviously the listeners can't see this, but I'm just sitting here like aggressively nodding to everything you're saying right now. I think the point about community is a very salient one. And a lot of people I found in tech actually feel like they can do everything alone, but you just can't, it's just not possible. A, because you can't be all the roles and B, because it just won't be half as good as if other people who have different inputs, like you were saying, can really bring that to the table. So great advice. Everyone take that one for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I believe that just about wraps this episode on the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. It was really awesome talking to you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs>